That most glorious church of the most glorious Virgin Mary, Mother of God, deservedly shines out like the sun among stars. And although some speakers, by their own free judgment, because they are able to see only a few things easily, may say that some other is more beautiful, I believe, however, respectfully, that if they attend more diligently to the whole and the parts, they will quickly retract this opinion. Where indeed, I ask, would they find two towers of such magnificence and perfection, so high, so large, so strong, clothed round about, with such a multiple variety of ornaments? Where, I ask, would they find such a multipartite arrangement of so many lateral vaults above and below? Where, I ask, would they find such light-filled amenities as the many surrounding chapels? Furthermore, let them tell me in what church I may see such a large cross of which one arm separates the choir from the nave. Finally, I would willingly learn where there are two such circles situated opposite each other in a straight line, which, on account of their appearance, are given the name of the fourth vowel, O, among which smaller orbs and circlets with wonderful artifice, so that some arranged circularly, others angularly surround windows ruddy with precious colors and beautiful with the most subtle figures of the pictures. In fact, I believe that this church offers the carefully discerning such cause for admiration that its inspection can scarcely sate the soul. Jean de Jandun, Tractatus de Laudibus Parisius Notre-Dame de Paris, in particular, is a curious specimen of this variety, Every surface, every stone of this venerable pile is a page of the history not only of the country, but of science and of art. Thus, to mention here only a few of the chief details, whereas the small Port Rouge almost touches the limits of fifteenth-century Gothic delicacy, the pillars of the nave, by their massiveness and great girth, reach back to the Carlovingian Abbey of Saint-Germain-des-Prés. One would imagine that six centuries lay between that door and those pillars. With these words, the famous nineteenth-century novelist Victor Hugo attempted to introduce his readers to the backdrop of his seminal work, later known as The Hunchback of Notre-Dame. This, it should be noted, was not the name that Hugo gave to his work. Instead, he called it simply Notre-Dame, after the building in which it is set. This location was no accident— for perhaps more than any other city in Europe, Paris has seen every kind of trouble and happiness that can befall a place. It may be called the City of Lights, but it also frequently saw its leaders' blood spilled in the streets. It is the symbol of romance, but also a place where the famed Napoleon divorced the love of his life in order to have a son. It is famed for its art and culture, but it hosted Nazis during four long years of occupation. Most of all, it is a city of building up and tearing down and building up again, where life is ever-changing. Yet, in the midst of this history of turmoil and chaos, one place has survived largely unchanged, a symbol to Christian believers of the unchanging truths of faith. Notre-Dame has stood as a monumental, though silent, witness to much of Paris's history. As Hugo pointed out, this generative mother church is, among the other ancient churches of Paris, a sort of chimera. She has the head of one, the limbs of another, the body of a third, something of all. These hybrid edifices are, we repeat, by no means the least interesting to the artist, 
the antiquary and the historian, they let us realize to how great a degree architecture is a primitive matter, in that they demonstrate that the greatest productions of architecture are not so much the work of individuals as of a community, are rather the offspring of a nation's labor than the outcome of individual genius. The deposit of a whole people, the heaped-up treasure of centuries, the residuum left by the successive evaporations of human society, in a word, a species of formations. Each wave of time leaves its coating of alluvium, each race deposits its layer on the monuments, each individual contributes his stone to it.